0: Hey friends, welcome to the best of the living room. If you haven't heard, we've got a big celebration going on this summer. The video Bible study for Having a Merry Heart in a Martha World is now available online, and you can get 20% off on individual studies as well as group studies. But you've also got to stick around to hear about the giant giveaway at the end of this episode. I'm going to give you a secret word. See you then. Tools for Living. Room to Grow. A space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, Episode 63. Well, as the pastor's wife calls a full-time ministry, I love hearing from women who lead well, especially women who have that very special relationship with God. You know the ones I mean. The ones that you can literally sense. This girl walks with Jesus. Well, when I first met Debbie Lindell, I knew she was someone special. And in today's episode, she shares the journey God has taken her on, both personally as well as in ministry. From an insecure 20-year-old who preferred serving in the shadows, to a megachurch pastor's wife, to a woman willing to step into a calling for which she felt ill-equipped, I know you're going to love our conversation. Because you guys, we're all called to be ministers. All we have to do is be available to God, willing to step forward rather than shrink back. Well, I am so honored to have my dear, dear friend Debbie Lindell with me today. Debbie,
1: thanks for sticking with me, girl. We've had quite <laughs> a few issues recording this episode. Oh my goodness. God must want to do something through this next 45 minutes or so. or He's got a big plan for our conversation. I love that's, that.
0: Yes. That's for sure. You know, I'm trying to learn how to do that, how to receive those delays and those interruptions as coming from him rather than resenting them all the time yeah. and just trusting that he's up to something that I don't know.
1: Yeah, we don't like hiccups. We like things to go smoothly. <laughs> I know.
0: And don't you think so? I, that's always probably been one of my biggest battles is I think I've always thought that God's will should be easy. Uh, how, how has it been in your life?
1: Well, I think sometimes I want God's will to be my will. <laughs> the, I think that's the biggest problem for me. Yeah, just um, learning to just trust him. You know, the the beauty of walking with him and completely surrendering to him is that we can know he is ordaining and ordering every step, as Proverbs says. The steps yes. of the righteous are ordered of him, and so we can be confident that when we do face a situation that just is unexpected, or a delay, or oh man, just something that isn't going quite like we had hoped, um, we can entrust that to Him and know that He's going to work it out for good. Yeah. Um, so I've I've experienced a lot of delays in my life. We were talking about that offline. Just you know, we both have written books, and it seems like often when you're trying, striving to do something that God's called you to do, that whether, you know, we talked about, is it the enemy or is it God, you know, using a delay for his purpose? I think it's both. I think the enemy hates when we're striving to do the will of God. Anytime we set our, our heart and mind on doing God's will, the enemy is at work to thwart the plan of God. That, I mean, you can see that throughout scripture. And if you've walked with God at all, those that are listening, you know that to be true. The enemy hates when we're choosing to honor God with our lives and to do his will. And so I think it's end and, yeah. and both end.
0: Both um, end, yes.
1: And there's a spiritual battle in the unseen world, you know. And, right. And so... Today, we, you and I both believe that God wants to use this for exactly. his glory, and so we're excited to see what he's going to do.
0: Exactly. This is our third podcast platform that we've <laughs> attempted to record on after losing a whole interview yesterday. Yes. So girls, you're in for a treat. And I think right. it's how, how appropriate, because we're going to be talking about your book, She Believes. She yeah. believes, and oh my goodness, I love this book. This is the book that um, actually I first met you and you were just starting yeah. to work on it, and what a journey. Uh, you know, just all throughout, I love just how very honest and open you are, and yet constantly, constantly pointing mm-hmm. us to the one who's bigger than we are, the one who's yes. more capable than we are, and the one who wants to empower us. Can you just... um. Can you just share a little bit of your story
1: that brought you to she believes oh my goodness it's it 's a lifelong journey honestly where to begin i I am constantly um, growing in my understanding of god 's amazing love for me and grace and his design and purpose for, for me, how he intentionally created me on purpose and for a purpose and walking by faith in that. Um, And so the journey continues. Yes. (laughs) Um, But I was raised in a Christian home. I was actually raised in a uh, pastor's home. And um, my mom and dad pastored several churches, uh, small churches, but they loved Jesus with all their heart and taught me to love God and to, honestly, they taught me to live by faith. Um, But as well, I had to embrace that faith for myself as we all have to do. And and I think she believes is kind of uh, just a representation of every girl's journey. Hmm. Um and every girl God's desire for every girl to totally and completely understand his love for them and to to live in um in a place where they they not only um have memorized God's word which I have his word sitting in my lap today they have not only been taught the truth of God's word but they've completely embraced it for themselves. Hmm. That um, is so that's so big. Because yeah. I, I know for myself,
0: I I had the head knowledge, but to yeah. get it from my head to my heart. And you talk really honestly about, even though you felt called to ministry, you and your husband, John, pastor an incredible church called James River in uh, in Missouri, and just the journey, you kind of just share parts of the pieces, you felt called to ministry, and yet you You were really intimidated, um. oh my
1: goodness, yes, um, and you know that our um, our history can affect our um, our confidence, you know, and things that happen in our lives, we can focus on what people say about us or our experiences and We can forget that the truth of God, God's word overrides any experience or anything that has been said over us. But when we first went into ministry, John and I were just 20 years old. We were married when we were 19. We were high school sweethearts. And then uh, John... John was saved when he was 16, so he didn't have a background of understanding the church world or pastoring, where I was raised in in a church and in a pastor's home, but walked through some, some difficult experiences with my parents. Um, and so that kind of created insecurity in me with, with regards to going into ministry, and we um, had our first interview for our first position when we were just 20 years old. Just a, we had only been married. Uh, I think we'd been married six months, and um, we were interviewing for a youth pastor position. And we, the pastor, asked us to meet him that was interviewing us, the lead pastor of the church that we were candidate or minister or uh, pardon me the pastor that we were interviewing with for the youth pastor position, we met at a restaurant in town. And I remember um, getting ready for that interview, and I was so, so nervous. And I think I changed clothes like four or five times. I wanted to dress the part. I wanted to look the part. And I, 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 I remember thinking, if I'm just, if I don't say anything, if I'm quiet, hopefully he won't realize that I might be a handicap, you know, to mm. to John and to what God was calling John to do. And, and so I went in um, to that interview just like, okay, just keep your mouth shut, Debbie. <laughs> and it was easy to do because the pastor pretty much focused all of his attention on John, and for for the hour long interview, he really never looked at me or he didn't ask me any questions. And I was like thrilled with that. I thought this is awesome. So he got done with the interview, and he said, or asking John the questions, and he said, "John, oh my goodness, I'm so impressed with you. You you you're just very articulate, and um, I'm just." You know, uh, I just see you know god 's hand on you, and I think you 'd be a great fit for this position that we need filled and He said, "I just got to say on a scale of one to ten, I would rate you as a ten you 're incredible and I was like, yes, oh my goodness he 's seen how incredible my husband is, and i 'm just so proud of him and and yes, I agree a hundred percent with what you 're saying well then he he turned and looked at me the pastor did for the first time in the interview, really focused on me, and he said. But I've got to say, if I was going to rate your wife, he said, I, I, on her, the same scale, I would rate her at a four.
0: Oh, wow. And
1: I was like, man, how does he know? I haven't even said anything. And he can already tell that I am inadequate, that I don't really have all that it will take to be effective in ministry. And he just, in those few words, confirmed what I believed. Oh, to wow! T- to be true about myself. So um, all that to say is, you know, the enemy wants us to doubt God's truth about who we are, he, and yeah. he will do whatever he can. I, to, that was that pastor's opinion, and it came out of whatever he was taught and what had been spoken over mm. him, or I don't know his history. But yeah. he obviously struggled to honor women and to believe um, in and to to encourage right right <laughs> to encourage well I think
0: I think a lot of times especially in that era there was that pastor's wife persona you know yes. that little cookie cutter that yes. you sang and you played the piano and you did this and you did that and if you didn't fit in. Then, then maybe it was you, a hindrance. You weren't good.
1: Yes, it was going to be a hindrance, or you would not be effective in in whatever role that they felt like you should you should fill. All that to say, we ended up taking that position, if you can believe it. Um, John, I remember when he when that pastor said those words. John patted my knee and um, under the table, and I knew what he was saying. He was saying, "Debbie, don't don't." You don't, I don't believe what he's saying is true. Mm. And we went home that night and prayed about it and felt like God was leading us to come. The, this man was not a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and God, we, we took the position, we served under him. It was difficult, mm. but this he this pastor loved God. Yeah. He wanted to honor God with his life, and God wanted to use him to teach us things um, that we would take into ministry. He taught us things that he didn't, that we knew we didn't want to be. If that makes yeah. sense, yeah, yeah, you know. And and so um, I'm thankful for those that year and a half, two years that we were under his leadership, and also. God began to use that season to cause me to um, evaluate his truth about me Mm. Um, because I had to come to a place where I believed the word of God over what anyone would say over me or speak over me or, or my past, the things that I had experienced that had created insecurity in my spirit. And, you you know, we can, I knew scripture, Joanna. I knew Psalms 139 by heart. My parents read truth over us, uh, over their children and spoke truth over us. But honestly, until we believe that truth for ourselves, we can have it hanging on the wall. We can have it memorized. But until we believe it, it's not going to radically affect our thinking. Mm. And, and so, you know, she believes, shares a lot of that journey. Um, And really I did not, I started to understand that I was thinking wrongly about myself um, through those first few years of ministry, but it took years and years before I fully embraced the truth of God's word for myself and said, okay, God, I believe you have um, perfectly and intentionally created me for the purposes that you are calling me to and that with, with you in me, yeah. um, I can do all things that you have called me to and, um, and do them effectively through your power that is wor- at work in me. Um, and once I – honestly chose to believe that for myself. That's when I saw God open doors um, that I would have never imagined would have opened. To I
0: love it so me much. In
1: ministry, so,
0: And awesome. it's so, one of the things that I, I see, and I see it in my own life too, is the things that I've struggled with, what I think are liabilities, what I think are going to keep me from being effective are actually the places that God uses most. <laughs> and I see that in you, Debbie. Like You know that girl. You see that girl who's struggling, you know yeah. her. Yeah. You see that girl who feels inadequate. You see yeah. that girl who who just wants to kind of be invisible and you know how to draw her out. And I was just thinking last night, um, as I was praying, oh God, please let this new interview work. <laughs> I was thinking, first of all, for those of you who are listening, you know Debbie, her story is really beautiful. They went on to uh, to to pastor at different situations, planted a church. It didn't really go very well. No. God brought Springfield and then began to fulfill just this amazing yeah. story now have over 12,000 people worshiping on a Sunday morning at multiple campuses. Uh, You have a prayer meeting that has five to 6,000. Yet the thing I love about you, Debbie, is you are still, you are still that girl with the heart (laughs) wide open. And you are that girl who I honestly think, I think you're the heart behind James River. Wow. Because I walk into this mega church and I feel the love of God. (laughs) And I think far from being a liability girl, yeah. you're not just a 10. You're like, a, uh, you're like a 19.99 uh, amazing wow. gift to the body of Christ. But you look back and you think how you could have let yeah. that insecurity, you could have let what you thought about you define yeah. you, what that man confirmed about you. You could have just stayed in that role. But instead you, you said, Lord, I want to think differently.
1: Mm-hmm
0: what would you say to that woman who's going wow i i feel so inadequate and i was telling you yesterday that in so many ways though i come from a different i'm not the shy girl i'm the yeah. way too loud girl <laughs> and yet that intimidation my own flesh yes. that constantly is saying, oh, Joanna, you need to tone it down. You are way too much. Mm-hmm. Um, my own fear that, um, that my motives are not pure and mm-hmm. I know myself so well mm-hmm. that I can actually get paralyzed by my self-awareness. And God's been doing yeah. the same thing. He's been saying, Joanna, will you believe what I say yeah. above what oh, you think? So true.
1: How do we get yeah. there? How do we get there? Well, you know, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he is constantly wanting to stop us all from just you know, walking in victory and, and living out the call of God for our lives. So whatever that looks for looks like in any girl's life, yes. um, whatever God's called you to, it looks different than Joanna and me, but the enemy hates it. He hates to see us flourishing. And he wants all of us to be hiding, hiding and and um, to to honestly keep us keep us secluded and feeling ineffective and insecure. I mean that that is his oh if he can do that, he has won. And over the course of ministry the course of my life, but if we just look at even just James River, when we came to James River, John and I were we were, I would say we were broken leaders. Hmm. We were, we were, we felt very in, inadequate for the task of pastoring. We had pastored for two and a half years, pioneered a church in Kansas City that was extremely difficult. And um, just, we, we tried so hard. We, we made 19,000 phone calls <laughs> we knocked on, I think we knocked on about five thousand doors, and we had we had two a two three, and four year old during that time um, when we went when we took we started the church and we knew no one in the kansas city area and i I, I give that backdrop just so girls listening will understand what we 're experiencing now it 's supernatural, yeah, but at the same time it we had to choose to have faith even through the difficult seasons and, and, and times in, in our uh, life and in the journey. So just because I say, man, you need to believe God's word. And if you believe God's word for yourself and the truth about what he says about you, then it's all going to be like, Oh, just (laughs) sunshine and roses. You know, we have to keep trusting even in, in the, difficult seasons. And so um, we ended up um, leaving that, or um, feeling God calling us away from that church that we had launched in Kansas City, which was really difficult because once we said God we're done, which was about a year and a half in, we only had 13 people and five of them were Lindels. So that, <laughs> we, had, we had eight people after a year and a half oh. on a Sunday morning. And so you i mean that 's not very many people sitting in a, a gymnasium of a brand new school, so it looked pretty empty every week. Mm. It was very difficult once we said no that 's when the church started growing and once we said we 're done, the church started growing and By the time we left that to come to that church to come to James River, there was a hundred people mm. at that church, and God had sent another pastor to take the church, which we were we were so grateful. So when we looked if we looked at that season through human eyes, we felt like we failed. You yeah. know, but but then we now looking back at it, we're like God was teaching us <laughs> reliance on him because I can honestly say when we went into it, we thought if we check all the right boxes, if we, you know, set up the chairs perfectly, if we if we we have good worship and whatever and and good preaching then people are going to come and god was teaching us he's the one that builds the church and i in a way we're getting on a side note here but somebody must need to hear this you know it is god working in and through us but we as well have to learn to keep our hands open and say god you know it's it's you working through us it's if we rely only on ourselves, we're not going to see the supernatural power of God made manifest in and through our lives. So it's, and both, it's us believing God can use us and it's us trusting completely in his power to flow through us. But getting back to James River, when we came to James River then, we we felt so weak, so broken. And the church lead, there were there were only 80 people in the church. Mm-hmm. And when they interviewed us for taking the lead pastor to the church, we were just like, we don't have much to, to give. We're, we're worn out. We're, we feel weak. We feel like we failed. And, it, you know, it's such a beautiful contrast to that other interview. But they were like, you know, we believe God uses weak people, no. and we believe you are called to lead, and we, we, wanna, we want you to come, and we believe if you will come, God's going to work through you and work through your experience of the past to, to bring about his will and build his church here. And so on that alone, I mean, seriously, we didn't feel like we had anything to offer, but we came on, on their encouragement
0: yeah I love yeah. that so much. you know I think I think if we can embrace the story God has for us, yeah. I, I feel that often, I know for me, I entered ministry, I was called to be a pastor's wife, just thought God was going to do amazing things through us and it was going to be glorious. Yeah. And to be honest, we haven't had that amazing yeah. growth. But my husband has always just kept reminding me jo- Joanna our job isn't to be successful. It's faithful. to be faithful.
1: That's so true. And you know, he's the one that builds the church. James River is no better than any other church. Yeah. It, he has sovereignly chosen that he here in this particular community, he wanted this he wanted to reveal his grace in in a different way. You know, because Number, he loves numbers because in the word of God, he talks about numbers a lot. So numbers are important to him and every person is important to him. Every Mm -hmm. single person. So numbers matter in that they represent people. Yeah. But he, I mean, I love how God's church, churches represent, to me, I view them like kids. They all have a different personality. And they all represent him in a different way. Um, And to every leader out there that's trying so hard to be faithful, God is using you. And you can't evaluate it off of just what you see. Because I look back at that time in Kansas City and I'm like, God was, he was, that church is now active and involved in, in doing great things for him there, but he used us to lay the foundation, and laying the foundation was was hard. Yes, <laughs> was hard. But we came in going to to James River, going, okay, God, well, here we are. We aren't much. We don't have much to give. But God, we give what we have. Yeah, and I we just that. ask that you would touch it and supernaturally bless it, mm-hmm. and and he did things we never imagined he could ever do and he he led me to places i never imagined i would go which you know you know yes. that's happened in your life too oh. so i went in going I don't i don't want to lead i don't want to have anything to do with leadership i john i'll do whatever you need me to do behind the scenes <laughs> but don't give me a microphone and don't put me in front of people and and so I, for those first several years, I just, I, honestly, I hid,
0: mm. I, you
1: know, and I I loved serving, so I I was enjoying serving. I served wherever I found a need. And but I knew deep in my spirit, God was calling me to to more, um, but He had to change. Changed me first.
0: (laughs) Mm. I love this part of your story because you really did not want to step into what God was asking you to do. But I've had firsthand experience of what God has done through just that willingness to obey. Can you talk about
1: that? Well, um, yeah, I guess I would say I went kicking and screaming Um, for the first. gracious, probably 12 years, um, we had what we called women's ministries. And um, it it was effective in that the women of the church were, you know, led in Bible study, taught to study God's word. And we had prayer groups. And I mean, it was beautiful. It was, but it was very, um, it was very, it was the girls of the church meeting together, which is powerful and important. But we weren't, we weren't seeing it very effective in reaching out beyond the four walls of the church. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and so, um, I, I say this carefully, but I was, I, I was somewhat bored with it. <laughs> and I, I did not love, um, I did not love women's ministry. I didn't yeah. love it. I, I went because that was what you were supposed to do if you were a good pastor's wife. <laughs> you were a part of it, and you needed to be there and present. And, you know, Joanna, during all this, these years of ministry where I ministered in that paradigm, I, I was, God was teaching me um, to believe that he could use me. You know, and so that that's a backdrop for what I'm saying, the story I'm telling. But anyway, my mom led the last six years of the women's ministries before I took over. She was leading it, and she was so effective and precious that she was diagnosed with breast cancer, and had to step down. And I I remember being like, "Oh God, what are you going to do? You're going to," and John coming to me, my husband, and saying, "Debbie, you've got to find somebody fast." The church was about running about 2000. So, you know, there was quite a few women in the church and he said, you, you know, you need to have, you need to find out who God wants to lead this quick. And I was like, okay, yeah, I do. And so I just was like praying, oh God, you need to find somebody, <laughs> show me, show me who she is quick. And, and, um, you know, not at all thinking it would be me. And actually I would say I put blinders on because it was like, I, I, put a sleep mask on my face because I did not want to see what <laughs> I didn't want to see what I knew he was saying I mean honestly I could sense it in my spirit but I was ignoring it and I was ignoring it really well yeah um and so I I found this girl to that I felt like oh she'll be amazing she she was she, she was just incredible. She was an author herself and she was in the church and she loved women's ministries. And so I asked her and she said, sure, I'll take it. And she wrote up a plan for a year and I was like, wow, hallelujah. This is amazing. God, you're so good. The day after she accepted the position, her mom died in her sleep oh. and she called me the next morning. Her mom was an incredible lady and she called her name. Her The girl's name was Pam and she called me and she said, Debbie, I just have to tell you, I'm going to have to um, to to not take the position because my mom passed away in the night, and and um, I'm just letting you know that. And she said, "I'm so sorry," and and uh, we prayed together; it was beautiful time. But I got off the phone, and you know, I'm just being honest here. I was like, "God, what are you doing?" You know, and I'm like, "Now what?" You know, and so I went back to prayer and long story short i took a day in a hotel room and i was just like lord i need you to show me what to do and 8 hours on the bed in this hotel room which per- i purposed just to be with god because i needed his help yeah. i needed his help as a leader i needed his help to look differently at my situation mm. i needed to look at it by faith and and not in my own um, thinking. Right. I needed to look at it through his eyes. Eight hours in, God radically, and I can say radically changed my heart. Mm. And it was like a light bulb went off in my, my mind and my thinking and my spirit. Yeah. And he, he called me and one, he was calling me and I was running. And once I said yes, it was like my whole heart changed. It was like I was a completely different person. I could not wait to to tell John, John, God's changed me. I am the one he's calling. I am the one he's saying, Debbie lead and I will give you the everything you need to to accomplish my will. I went from wanting to run from leading women to being so excited I could not wait to see what he was going to do. Yeah. But it took, me, it took me being obedient. It took me saying yes. It took, it took me intentionally spending time with him Amen. for him to change my heart um, and for me to it, just embrace the truth of what he says about all of us, that he has designed us to be enough.
0: Hmm.
1: He purposefully created us for what he has called us to do. And given us everything we need to accomplish His will, um, and so that was that was the beginning. And I can't say, well, oh, it's been all amazing. It's been hard sometimes. <laughs> there's been hard days, and there's been days when I still feel like, oh, what it, what am I doing? It's so far beyond me. And I mean, from that point on, the church has grown. And there's moments where, I'm like. It's outgrown my ability. And then God says, no, it hasn't outgrown mine.
0: I love that. It
1: hasn't outgrown mine. So just keep looking to me. Keep spending time with me and I'll keep providing everything you need. Uh, I
0: think this is so important, Debbie, because we always are looking at at what we're able to do in this situation and we miss out on the miraculous. And I just want to just camp here a little bit because I feel like there's some girls out there that um, have just been kind of trying to be invisible to God (laughs) and God's talking to him, he's, you know, and it may not be big things, girls. It may be little steps of obedience. And you're like, I can't get my head around it. And I just would encourage you. I I think this is an important point. Get alone with Jesus. Oh boy, Debbie talked about because we, we need to, uh, there have been so many moments, pivotal moments that I can go back to that. I had to be face down on the rug I yeah. had to get alone with Jesus. I had to find out what he thought mm-hmm. and what he wanted because he really is. I need you he- to hear this girls. God specializes in changing our hearts Yes. to that woman out there that's struggling in her marriage and Beautiful. she doesn't love that man anymore. Yeah. Get yeah. alone with Jesus. Let him yes. change your heart. Yes. Yes. That woman who, who has stepped out in faith and, failed and felt like I am never going to believe yes. or trust God for yes. anything again. I'm just going to hold on till Jesus comes. Get alone with Jesus. Yes. Let yes. him heal your
1: heart. Yes. Let him heal your heart. Beautiful. Yes. Yes. Oh, I can, I can say that I, there's no, um, I don't think there's any battle or any, um, difficulty that cannot at least, um, you can see a turning when you take, when you take time away just to be in God's presence. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think about when I, our kids were 30 months apart. We had three kids within 30 months, 31 (laughs) months. And, and you know, that get along with God, um, statement when you're a young mom <laughs> right. a mom with little ones at home you're like how in the world am i going to do that you know i think if you're intentional and looking at how you spend your time you can you can carve out 5 minutes you can carve out 10 minutes we can all do that and and maybe today somebody listening right now you're you're in a very difficult circumstance or you're, you're struggling with emotion. Maybe you're even struggling with, like, desiring to just end it all. Mm. I mean, I have had those moments where the enemy has put those thoughts in my yeah. mind. And I'm telling you, if you go get your Bible, go in the bathroom if you have to, and shut the door and open the scriptures. Open the scripture up. And if you have to, open it to 139 that the Psalm 139 and remind yourself, maybe, you know, those verses, but remind yourself that God made you, he ordained your days and he has a plan for you. And he wants to work even through these difficult days. Yes. Challenging days. And, and you're right, Joanna, there, the presence of God is, it's, it's so amazing what it will do. Sometimes, even even now, there's days in our marriage, John and my marriage, where it's just like, ah, this is so hard. Do you have those days? Heard- there, there are a few. <laughs> there's a few. <laughs> and and you know what? You know, thankfully, they're they're few and far between. But there there are mm-hmm. moments where the enemy wants to put his foot in the crack in the door and just yeah. do, you know, get his. Get us thinking in ways we shouldn't think, you know, towards our mate, towards our marriage, towards our children, towards, towards ministry, towards, towards, towards maybe even the position at work that he's called you to, whatever it is, he, he loves us to have wrong thinking. And, and so I'll just get in the car and go for a drive, turn worship music on, and I'll find a parking lot somewhere that's secluded. There's a there's a little church that is about oh, two miles from where we live, and I'll drive. I've driven over there a couple times over the years and and gotten my Bible out and put worship music on and just said, okay, okay, God, I need to be in your presence right now. Mm. I need you to rewrite my thinking. Pour into me your will, your thoughts, and it's amazing to me how five, 10 minutes in his presence, intentionally turning off my cell phone, just focusing on him and letting the Holy Spirit speak to pour his grace and love, his his truth over me can, can change a circumstance. It happens by changing me. It starts with me. Exactly. And I think we're like, yeah,
0: I, don't, I, I just don't have time. But I think if we would realize, okay, take the time that you're going to be miserable and in yes. turmoil yes. and put that in prayer. Put, yes. that, put that in prayer because I, I just don't think we understand. <laughs> First yes. of all, the privilege we've been given to come boldly yes. to the throne of grace and find help in our time of need. Oh, it's so it, True. It's not about self help. It's about positioning ourselves. And I think for me, like looking beyond what's going on and praying what you were talking about, Lord, change me, rewire my thinking. Because I can get so fixated on everything that's going wrong that I
1: miss that God might be stirring up something that He wants to do in me. So good. And it's not like when you come out of that time with God that the situation around you is. That's like zapped and right. like mysteriously just goes away. No, it's your heart is changed, and you, you just have this confidence that God's going to help you. He's going to give you the words to say to your husband or, or you know, just creative ways of, of um, influencing a situation. But here's the deal God wants us to rely on Him first.
0: Amen. And Amen.
1: often, like you say, we want to go to our, our abil- uh, the ability within ourselves to write a situation. And he's like, no, I want you to come to me because I, I, have, I, have, I have something I want to show you that I want to reveal to you. Um, you know, there's a verse in Zephaniah 1.6 that uh, John and I were talking about a couple mornings ago, and, and um, that book is very interesting. It's a pro- prophetic book. It's a prophet Zephaniah was a prophet, but um, God is speaking about his people and he says, he, he was angry with them, them and he says, they no longer are asking for my guidance or seeking my blessing. Yeah. God longs for his children to look to him first. Amen. And he never fails to respond ever yeah. Yeah. when we look to him. And and it
0: may not happen overnight, but the wonderful thing is, is when we commit our way to him, like Psalm 37 says, when we literally roll our care over yeah. on him. And we're, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I feel like the Lord is like, I've got my hands on a situation, and it's almost like I get this picture in my mind of this surgical place, you know. And all of a sudden, what really needs to happen is they need to zap the guy, the dead guy. You know, (laughs) I feel like God's like clear, like get your hands off, Joanna. You're trying to resuscitate something that, first of all, maybe just needs to die. Number one, or you're trying to breathe life into something that only I can breathe life in, and in my time and in my way. And if you will get out of my way, Joanna, <laughs> yes. then you're going to see me. And, and so for me, like being able to commit that to the Lord. And then when my flesh wants to pick it back up again, just clear, you know, yeah. clear, yeah. get my hands off. I, this just segues so beautifully into your new book, She mm-hmm. Prays, a 31-day journey to confident conversations yes. with God. Because I would venture to say that there's some girls out there even girls who have been Christians their whole life that would say, I, I, I like what you're talking about, but I, I don't think I have that kind of intimacy with the Lord or, or maybe they're even like me and mm-hmm. they would say, yeah, I love the Lord and I, I feel his presence and, but I'm not a very good prayer. I think <laughs> I had this idea of what a good prayer warrior yeah. was and yeah. I didn't fit that. And so even though I was talking to the Lord all the time, I wasn't fitting the mold, I thought. And so I just love this book because you just bring it down to such a sweet, simple, practical relationship with the Lord.
1: Yeah.
0: When you think of prayer, what are you talking about when, when you want to encourage women to have confident conversations with God?
1: Oh, wow. You know, um, I, I would say, in in leadership, one of one of my desires is to see girls have a a close, intimate relationship with their their heavenly father. Yeah. And you know, um, it it takes intentionality. Uh, and I you th- I think of it almost like a marriage. You know, the 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 word of God talks about how we're His bride, the mm-hmm. bride of Christ. And so our relationship with the father, that's one of the ways he describes it. And so when you look at your relationship, your, your closeness to God, you can look at it somewhat like a marriage. Um, and it takes intentional um, times with your spouse to cultivate a close relationship. And that's sacred. That's very special and beautiful and, and, and personal. Mm. And when it comes to prayer, I think so often I would, I would say this about myself as well. We can, we can struggle to think that our prayers need to be perfect. And we think about what, that almost like God's evaluating or keeping keeping score on how articulate we are and the words we use and does our sentence structure and, <laughs> and if you're and if you like to write, which both of us do, you can kind of analyze. You know, okay, how does this sound? Does this sound right? And but I think I think that all of us can tend to do that no matter what and and feel like we're failing when mm. it comes to conversation with God. And, and, and it is, God just loves to hear us. He loves to communicate with us. He loves to be with us. And he is not analyzing any. Yeah. He is just like, oh, wow, she is wanting to be with me. And, you know, the beauty of our Christ relationship, our intimate relationship with him, is that it's anytime, anywhere. Yes. Uh, and, and so, you know, I, I have just so grown in, I, I just talking to him all the time, you know, and, and, and listening for his voice, mm. listening for his guidance. And, and so the more you're with him, the more you're, you understand him the more you just like the marriage uh, right example or or it could be a friendship you you, god's our relationship with god is called a friendship too so you could look at it that way but when when you first get to know if you're getting to know a friend you know the conversations you have with them are how you get to know them right and the more you converse with them the more you understand them it's the same way with God yeah and and so you know our our personal times with it, personal devotional time mm-hmm. with him um, you know devotion towards somebody is just an in, in, immense love an intense mm-hmm. love for them that you long devotion is you just long to be with them and so our devotional time with the with the heaven our heavenly father is, is so important Yeah, because it is in that time that he can, we really get to know him. Exactly. That feeds all the other time,
0: you know? Amen. Amen. Well, I was looking through, um, through this book and I thought, you know what? I really think this would be an amazing discipleship tool because you really just talk about the different aspects of prayer. And then you just got some practical interactive things that I just thought, you know what? This is what we need. I think sometimes, and oh, I love the word of God. I value the word of God. But if we only have the word of God, we're settling for a monologue. Mm -hmm. God is speaking to us. But when we learn how to pour out our heart to him, it does become that holy conversation. However, I don't know about you, but I've not ever heard the audible voice of God. And so I used to think that God wasn't speaking to me, <laughs> uh, what would you say to that girl who's like, "Well, people tell me that God wants to speak, but I don't know how to hear Him."
1: You know, I think the voice of God is so multifaceted um, that we have to be careful to think He has to speak in a certain way. Yeah, uh, because I think He can, He can, He can speak through you right now to me. Right. Um, whether that's through which he has, Joanna, just in our conversation, I'm so encouraged by it. I that's, am too. That's the voice of God. Right. The voice of God could be a friend in your life that's saying, you know, you need to think about this. This is hurting your relationship with God. That's the voice of God. Hmm. You know, the voice of God can be through a, a, a book that is, is graced with the word of God. In it, and... Um, is truth to us to encourage us in our faith. That's right. the voice of God. And sometimes there is, whether it's like an audible voice, which I believe God can speak in an audible voice because he's God. Sure, <laughs> sure. So I don't want to limit him. But I too, like you, would say that is very rare in my life. I, I think there's, I can say there's two times in my life where i I felt I heard God speak to me was it audible was it in my mind you know I, I don't know but I know it was God okay? right right I know it was God and there it's been a long time since I would say that I had an experience like that so sometimes we can go well is he still speaking to me you know because and yes he is mm. we don't want to limit how God speaks. You could be in a, this has happened to me. I've been in a grocery line, ready to check out and buy my groceries and felt in my spirit I should pay for the girls, the girl in this instance, who is purchasing groceries in front of me. Actually, in the story that's coming to my mind, I think it's in She Believes, but there was a girl in front of me who I sensed needed me to pay for her cupcakes. I paid for her cupcakes, didn't know who she was, found out later she attended the church. I didn't know that, attended our church, and had no money that day. It was her son's birthday, and she felt God told her to go in the grocery store, buy cupcakes, and she didn't know how she was going to pay for them. Wow. (laughs) You know, okay, so did I hear an audible voice that day? No. No. Was God leading me and speaking to me through his spirit? Yes. Amen. So it's just, it's, you know, God's, God's a big God. And he, he speaks to us through a lot of different ways. He, you know, do you ever look at a sunset and just feel him speaking to your spirit? I'm a big God. Mm-hmm. I got, I'm going to take care of you. I made this sunset. You know, I made this. Or you're standing by the ocean and you see the power of God displayed in the waves, and you sense the Holy Spirit speak to you, I'm big enough yeah. for anything you're walking through. Yeah. That's the voice of God. Amen. Amen. And, and so, you know, we don't need to make it complicated. Yeah. I was just thinking that. I was thinking
0: we keep trying to make God fit our little paradigm and fit in our little God box and what we think. And and we do the same thing to ourselves. We're like, I've got to be this and I've got to be that. And we're it's not, it's not about
1: checking off the boxes and or comparing comparing our experience with other girls around us. You know, your your responsibility is to follow Jesus. Yeah. Your responsibility and calling is to be in his presence and to seek him with all your heart. Then however he wants to lead you is his responsibility. Exactly. And, oh. and so we can get so wrapped up in, oh, well, God's doing this in her and God's, God's speaking to her this way you know what, that's going to hinder you from hearing what God's speaking to you. So you Amen. want to be really careful with that. Amen. And I, I can fall into that trap, you know, yeah. and I have to, as we talked about earlier, I have to write my thinking and go, hey, God wants to work in me personally.
0: Amen. And, you know, I, I just, it occurs to me, we're living in a, a culture, even a Christian culture, that we think that that phrase, God wants to use me, means something big and extraordinary. And you know, I I look at what God's done through your women's ministry and now you're having design for life events too in October.
1: And how many thousands of women? Oh my goodness. We well, Joanna, it's amazing. We have a record number registered this year. Eight thousand, I think seven hundred, something like that already or eight hundred already registered. So we it's it is And that's for
0: next October. That's for next October. And we're recording in December.
1: And we're recording, yeah. <laughs> we started with 374 girls um, yeah. 16 years ago. It, it's amazing. And I would say to every girl out there just keep walking, keep yeah. walking in what God's called you to. You know, so often I see girls. You know, they they look at this goal for their lives, like and and I I describe it as like they're climbing a mountain and they're looking they're looking at the summit and they're like I want to be there. Mm. That's where God's called me to, and it could be that God's called them there. I do, I don't know, but the problem is they're not keeping their eyes on the path, yeah. and. And the path is so beautiful. If you, if you use the analogy of climbing a mountain, if you've ever done any hiking, you know when you start at the base of the mountain, it's very wooded, and it's hard to see. It's hard yeah. to see where God is leading in this, with this illustration. But, but you have to focus on the path because there is beauty in every step. There, there's there's responsibility in every step, and if you don't focus on the path, you're gonna you're gonna potentially fall off the edge. <laughs> you That's know? right. Seriously, you're gonna miss out on the the view, the gorgeous the gorgeous view around the bend, and because your eyes are so fixated on the summit, and and so you know when God called me just to use this as an illustration, when God called me to lead. Um, James River, the women of James River, um, I felt him speak to me that someday the auditorium, which our auditorium seeds 3,400 people, that someday the auditorium would be filled with women. Mm -hmm. We had never had an event that was more than a few hundred. And I was like, how would that ever happen? And I doubted that could be possible because I'd never seen it happen. But he, he said, "I'm calling you to this, and I want you to start stepping out in faith." And so that I did. That first year, we had no money, I had no team, and I started that this conference and and just trusting that God, if I would if I would step out in faith, He was big enough to do the rest. And and so in there again, it doesn't have to do with numbers. It has to do with obedience and hearing. What is God speaking to you? You know, it it could be a variety of things. I mean, right. but but it's it's stepping over your questions and being trusting that if God's leading you to do something, He He's going to provide everything you need to accomplish His will. Um, so it's it's an incredible story. It is, and I, I I I just I love ministering to to women, and I love seeing them grow in his grace and grow in faith and grow in confidence in him and that's what she praises about. I you know the prayer is the baseline for everything. Amen. As a believer. Amen. Um so that's my yeah. hope for every girl. That they would grow they would grow in their understanding of who God is and what he can do in and through them. I love it.
0: I love it. Oh my goodness, I could just talk to you forever but uh, I just I just want you to know God has used you significantly in my life in in Joanna. some pivotal ways wow. and I, I just thank you for not for not um staying comfortable wow. <laughs> for not um just saying, you know what, I'm just a shadow kind of girl. I'm just the background kind of girl. That you were willing to let God call you forth and step yeah. out in faith. And, and, you know, again, I just want to say to those listening, please don't get enamored with the huge dream. Yeah. Cause you'll miss his presence along the way. Yes. And I think you can hear in Debbie's heart and her voice, just how much she loves Jesus. And isn't that you girls, listen, you ministry girls, isn't that what we want to replicate. Yes, Jesus. That's yes. what we want to replicate. And I, I just would love to have you pray over our girls out there um, as we close our podcast time together.
1: Well, let me say first, every girl who's listening, God has a plan and purpose for your life. He wants, he wants to use you in whatever setting you're in. He wants to use you to bring the atmosphere of faith into your homes. Yes. yes into your workplaces. He wants you to embrace the truth about who he created you to be so you can represent him to the world around you. And it may look different from Joanna and I, but it's a big deal to God. Amen. Amen. Every platform of ministry, whether it's to our families, whether it's being a servant in our churches, whether it's in a, a work environment, Every platform is important. Every platform has the potential to build the kingdom and and reveal God's grace to the world. So Heavenly Father, right now, I pray for every girl listening and maybe a guy out there too, God. Every person within, um, within range of our voices today, God, I pray that the words that we have spoken, that they would go deep within their spirit Yes. God, that maybe for for someone out there that just felt, has felt like giving up, felt like they're not enough, felt like th- that they can't go on. God, I pray right now that you would encourage yes, them. Jesus. God, that you are with them, that your presence would just invade that space right now, wherever they're at. God, they would sense you, God. God, that you have created them to be enough, and you want to provide all that they need for Whatever they're facing today, God. You, God, I thank you, God, for every leader out there. God, I pray that our conversation would have sparked a, a, just an excitement within them, an enthusiasm within them, God, for what you want to do in and through them. God, that maybe the things that you have placed, maybe you've planted a seed of an idea in their hearts and they're like, how could that ever happen? Mm. I don't feel like I'm enough. I don't feel like I have what it takes, God. God, it's you working in and through them that will accomplish it. Help them to look to you, God, by faith and then to take the step. Uh, maybe it's just one tiny step, but mm. take that step. Maybe it's it's sharing that dream with someone. God, whatever it is, God, I pray that you would help them to do that. God, and we just give you glory, God. We give you glory, God, for all that you are, God. God, we just praise you, God, for for your goodness and your grace that's at work in all our lives, God. We thank you for this opportunity. And we thank you for what you're going to do in and through it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Okay, so what did you think? Is that a beautiful heart or what? <laughs> I can tell you from firsthand experience Debbie is the real deal. You can learn more about her books and her ministry, especially her Design for Life conferences, over at the show notes, joannaweaverbooks.com forward slash zero two eight. If you have a friend who's in full-time ministry, I hope you'll share this episode. You can do it by clicking on the three dots at the bottom of iTunes or the upload symbol on Spotify and other podcast players. And hey, if you're in leadership yourself, I'd love to invite you to be part of my leadership email list. You'll get a backstage pass to sample sessions of my Bible studies, as well as access to the Merry Hearted Leader webinar and free devotional I've created just for you. Just go to studies.joannaweaverbooks.com and sign up there. Well, no matter what realm of influence God has given you, whether it's big or small, God wants to use you right where you are, my friend. Just draw close to Him and let your ministry be an overflow of your relationship with God. Because you guys, we replicate what we are. And I want to point people to Jesus. Because that's the only way that any of us will ever learn how to live and love and lead like Jesus. See you next time. Yay, you stuck around. <laughs> well, here's the secret hashtag for episode 63 it is hashtag, that's the number symbol, T L R believe. Share this episode on social media with the hashtag and you'll be entered to win books from all our summer guests as well as my books and a $75 Amazon gift card. We'll be announcing the winner September 1st, so keep on listening. Have a great day.